Welcome to Bracket U, a college basketball bracket podcast brought to you by Delphi Bracketology. This is our first episode of the season. We are beginning our eighth year of bracketology overall and want to bring weekly updates to those who want to know where their favorite team stands in regards to the NCAA tourney. This podcast is for you junkies who have March Madness all season long, and we're able to create this new content thanks to sponsorships like that of Coca-Cola Bottling of Kokomo and other generous, generous donations that our followers have sent us. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for creating our intro and outro music, and special thanks to my friend Jared Morris uh, of the Assembly Call for inspiring us as a group to branch out and try new things. Okay, it's now time. Uh, I'm Brian Tonsoni, uh, the lead sponsor of Delphi Bracketology, and with me tonight, uh, Cade Nelson is a junior editor of Delphi Bracketology, and Cade is the Tom Brady of our high school football team uh, and an inspiring sports media guy, so he will be on the show uh, quite a bit. Cade, um, what's on your mind this year as the basketball season, college basketball season begins and our bracketology stuff begins? Um, well, I mean, uh, the buzzer beaters and the marquee matchups between the two like bigger schools in each conference, like rivalries and even like the buzzer beaters we saw with um, Ohio State, I think I always think those are great. Those are always fun to watch. And then just in bracketology, watching teams rise and fall with good wins and bad losses and things like that gets me going too. So, And also joining us uh, is Luke Smock, a senior editor of the Delphi Bracketology Club. Luke is committed to play D1 baseball for the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and is just an all-around great dude. Uh, Luke, college basketball is here. Uh, What's got you excited about the new season? Um, Obviously, I'm excited to watch uh, my school, Milwaukee, and Patrick Baldwin, who's a top, top dude, supposed to go in the draft next year, so I'll be watching him closely. Um, and as a Purdue fan, I'll be cheering them on. They're supposed to be pretty good this year, so I'm, I'm rooting for them big time. Um, and I'll watch IU, you know, cheer against them, their new coach. And uh, Texas, I think they can be a real, real uh, wild card with Marcus Carr and Chris Beard coming in. I think they could be they could be pretty solid. And also, UCLA is ranked real high after a big uh, tourney last year. So let's see how see how they come back this year. So uh, these guys have been through uh, bracketology and, and a little bit about our history. We, we started uh, in 2015, and then the last couple years have just been kind of crazy with the, the COVID situation. We had all of our work done in 2020, and then the tournament was canceled. And then last year, we had a lot of uh, policies at school where we could barely meet, and uh, we weren't able to update our webpage. Uh, we weren't able to uh, – do any of the podcasting or shows and so we're excited about uh, getting back uh, to doing what we li- love to do for bracketology so our first topic and our general topic tonight uh, is just the importance of wins and losses and, and Luke you were part of uh, a couple guys that could meet last year and we uh, finished in the top three of the bracket matrix talk about the importance of, of good wins and how to avoid bad losses yeah, um, like we break it into the quads, quad one, two, three, and four. And obviously, any loss um, for a contending team in quad three or four hurts you pretty bad later on in the year when you're comparing amongst teams. And the more wins you can stack on in quad one will help you out quite a bit. And obviously, uh, 
Duke and Kansas getting off to a good start. They're already starting off the resume pretty good. Cade, um, we, we saw some interesting results uh, early on already. Um, Virginia loses to Navy. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, but um, that's a bad loss. And um, what in, in a normal situation, uh, that loss would be taken into uh, account with all their wins and other losses too. But a loss like that stays with them. Uh, talk about uh, Virginia uh, and uh, the work they got to do now to make up for that loss. Yeah, so Virginia now, although like you said, they'll get some wins. Obviously, they're a good team. They're not just going to lose out for the rest of the season. But as Luke said later in the year, when we start to compare those teams and then there's that one loss that they had early in the season with Navy that could like bump them down between a team that early in the season like this won one of those games. And so they were able to move up above a Virginia because of that bad loss that they had early on. So our work here uh, at Delphi Bracketology, um, you know, it deals with wins and losses, those quality wins and losses. The early games matter just as much as those in late February and March. Um, but uh, sometimes we overreact to one game. Uh, it will be a total resume of 31 games by the time we try to finish uh, our bracketology work. Um, is there anything, uh, Cade, that you think we can learn just from watching games and seeing the margin of victories? Obviously, we're not going to know a lot about the final placing of these teams, but there are some things that uh, we can kind of start seeing uh, with every result. What, what? Share with everyone what some of those things are. Yeah, so we see in teams like Ohio State and Indiana both having wins, but those wins being very close wins against some smaller schools that we kind of see like what team they'll be. And maybe that's just early on in the season working out kinks. But if that translates in later, you see early on that like the team could just kind of fall apart or not have those quality wins later on in the season that they need to move higher up in the rankings. Yeah, the trends are very important to see what kind of team you have. So the, the close games that happened on Tuesday are probably uh, a lot of – uh, first game jitters and things of that nature. Um, Luke, we, we talk a lot about wins and losses, but there's also this feature called the net, which is some kind of crazy formula, which does take into effect winning margin and your offense and defensive efficiency. Uh, so these games matter not only who wins and who loses, but how you play. And sometimes these close games can maybe make a difference in, in net rank rankings. Talk a little bit about your experience last year when we decided – uh, to put all this to together uh, using uh, that metric. Yeah, well, we tried not to solely focus on the net and go in order of that, but obviously you keep that in mind when you're making your selections. You're not going to have a team with a net of over like 30-plus going as your, as your one seed line. Like you're going to keep in consideration and keep it somewhat close so you're not – going just crazy with your numbers and your your rankings. 
So it, it is important to win because uh, how you play offensively and defensively is a part of that calculation. As Luke said, you're not going to get a top seed if you're you know 30 or above, and it's still a ranking system or a sorting system uh, for a quad win. So, uh, gentlemen, let's uh, go and reveal our, our top 16 seeds, which actually means absolutely nothing because we're a data-driven uh, group. We look at wins, we look at the net, and we make decisions, and really – all of that isn't relevant until January, but we'll talk uh, seeding and, and movement and brackets uh, regardless because that's what we like to do. But here are our top uh, seeds. The one seed line uh, in order is Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, and Villanova. Our two seeds, preseason, Michigan, Texas, Duke, Purdue. Our, our three seeds, Alabama, Kentucky, Illinois, and Oregon. And our four seeds, Memphis, Baylor, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Uh, Luke, I'll come back to you. Uh, again, this is just reading some preseason magazines and studying the game and knowing what teams are expected to be good. Um, if there was a team in this uh, top 16 that falls out uh, somewhat early, which team do you think is most likely uh, to fall out of uh, these top 16? Um, I would say I'd probably go with Illinois maybe because they're without Coburn here at the beginning with – all that that's going on. If they get a loss here, they looked good their first game, but that was, I don't even know who they were playing. Jackson State, I believe. Yeah. Um, but if they, if they get a lot, how many games he suspended? I think three? he's three. Four? Okay. I don't know who they play next, but if they, if they slip a loss in there somewhere, that probably won't look good at them, but to start without him, because he's a pretty big time player for him. And, and here's an interesting thing, too, and we'll talk about this every time we're on one of these podcasts. Your games matter whether Kofi Coburn plays or not, but if you lose a game without Kofi, there is a little bit of cushion for the committee to say if they had Kofi, they might have uh, uh, done a little better. They do take that into some uh, consideration. Cade, which team here is uh, most likely to maybe fall out of the top four uh, early in the season? Um, I think a team like maybe Kentucky or Memphis – might fall out just because they play in tough conferences and obviously playing against those teams, you know, you have to play your best to be able to get those wins. And then one slip up means falling out, especially early on with a bad loss or anything like that. Yeah. That, you know, one game shouldn't matter uh, a whole lot, but when you only have two or three games, it's 33% of your resume. And, and we're going to, practice our group practices placing these teams and when we put it out on our website on a bracket or the seed list please keep in mind that you know you have three games on your schedule uh one loss is uh one third of your schedule is losses so that's why the end of the year is a lot uh better for that and, and Kate I I like your comment about the Memphises the Kentuckys uh Illinois there's some teams here who are uh, really should be good uh but we don't know how all the new pieces will fit together. Memphis is huge. They have some talent. Luke, we were talking about that today in school, about uh, the the best players, a couple five-stars playing for Memphis, that um, we think they're going to pan out, and that's why we had them here. Uh, but, again, we are, are, are that data-driven. So back to you, Cade. Uh, who's your national champion uh, right now if you had to pick early early in the season? Is it someone here, or do you have anyone outside of this group? Well, I wish it was Ohio State because, you know, I'm a really big fan of them. But if I had to go with anyone, I think Gonzaga is a great team because they got some young, talented guys. 
and they're already at the top. So, and they've been there before. So with those seniors and juniors that they have on the team, they already have some experience so they can help her help those talented young guys out and then make a push deep later on in March. So Luke, uh, I'm afraid I know which way you're going here on, on our top 16. Um, who do you think of this group is most likely to win or who do you want to win? You could go either way. Yeah, well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely cheering for Purdue. I mean, in my lifetime, we haven't, we had that one good year a couple of years ago, but we haven't made a final four and who knows since when. So I'll be cheering for Purdue, but I think the most logical pick preseason is Gonzaga just because they are loaded and have Drew Timmy. And um, I, they lost they lost Jalen Suggs and who else did they – oh, uh, the shooter man. What was his name? Kid. Kispert, I think, was his name. Yep. Um, but they had Drew Timmy. I mean, their big guys are just loaded. Yeah, Gonzaga's got to be the favorite on paper. I, I look for a team like Kansas and Villanova. Kansas was impressive in beating Michigan State on Tuesday. Again, it's a full season. And Villanova with Jay Wright just keeps winning and winning uh, regardless of, of who's back. They got their good guard Gillespie back uh, after he injured his knee last year. Um, so we'll also have a segment of up or down, and, and this is where the seeds five through 11 – uh, we'll talk about teams that aren't in the top four, uh, and it's just too early uh, up and down. We mentioned Virginia lost to Navy, uh, and they can overcome that and make the tournament and win an ACC and all of that, but that is a uh, a bad loss. Uh, let's talk, um, Cade, why was uh, uh, Duke's win over Kentucky and Kansas win over Michigan State, but really Duke's win over Kentucky, a special win for Duke after they did not make the tournament last year. What does that set them up uh, for this year as far as brackets? Well, it was on a neutral floor, so we look at things like away games, away wins, and neutral wins, so that being a neutral game definitely helps them out, and then it being somewhat of a quote-unquote marquee matchup against Kentucky, and then Kentucky being a highly ranked team uh, helps them out too because that shows that Duke can get those good wins that they need to um, be recognized later on as well. So. Uh Luke, your your thoughts on Kentucky? They play a good uh, Duke team, seventy nine to seventy one. Have some new pieces. Kentucky did not have a good season either uh, last year, and those are two teams we normally see in the tournament and deep in the tournament. Um, we have them as a three seed. I don't think they're going to move too far, uh, if at all, because of a loss to Duke in in game one. Um, you like the job Coach Calipari does, or are you not a Kentucky fan? Well, I think last year was kind of an off-ball year with the the COVID stuff. And obviously, Kentucky and Duke and all those types of programs, they're always coming with the top recruits of young guys. They come in and they ship them out to go pro. So it just it all depends how those guys gel together because, as you can tell from last year, you can't just bring in dudes and think you're going to win right away. College basketball is a lot tougher than that. So, I mean, they have the talent. It just depends on if they can piece it together. And obviously last year it was a struggle for them. Boy, that new kid from Duke uh, is, is really, really talented. Um, and, and I think Duke will be back too. So there, there's part of me that doesn't like those teams that win all the time. Um, and you like to see some upsets uh, along the way. But, um, you know, there's also something to see traditional teams. And when you go in the tournament and the Duke's playing the Kansas, and those are really – 
you know, uh, Cade, you mentioned marquee matchups. You love to see marquee matchups. But there's also room for up-and-coming programs, uh, and we like to watch early on. And one of the teams that, um, I, I, if we go to the DelphiBracketology.com and go to our bracket, Colorado State had made the tournament, I believe. I, I had to double-check. Um, and they got off to a great start. They, they beat last year's Cinderella team, Oral Roberts, by 29 and we've talked about one game doesn't make a, a big difference, but we do watch trends. And, boy, what a great start uh, for Colorado State. So back to, to Luke and then Cade with, with this same question. Are there some teams that aren't in the big conferences or aren't your favorites? Uh, we, we're all Big Ten here. I'm Indiana, Cade's Ohio State. Luke, you're, you're Purdue, and we're going to root for those guys to make the tournament and make some noise. But are there some other teams, uh, Luke, that, that you like to follow just as a fan? Well, obviously, definitely uh, Milwaukee because right. that's where I'm going. And, um, and they, they, they're they pretty big time this year with the big recruit they got mm-hmm. because he, he could have went to Duke, Kentucky, basically anywhere he wanted. And I've already looked at mock drafts. He's supposed to go top 10 from what I'm seeing. And obviously, you don't see that very much in the Horizon Conference. So they'll, they'll be very interesting to watch and see how he plays along with the, the rest of the team. You know, it would have been a good year for you to be up there as a freshman to go and watch games and watch watch him play, but he'll probably be long gone by the time you set foot on campus. Uh, yeah, that's what I, was, I was talking about that with some of the other dudes, the baseball dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cade, who, who's your uh, a secondary team or a smaller team that uh, you just kind of like to watch and are looking forward to, to playing or watching them play this year? Um, I think it was – is it Loyola, Chicago? Yes. Uh, yeah. I think their Cinderella runs the past couple of years have been fun to watch. And with all the support they get from those runs, I just think it's cool to see a team like that win in the big stage and have success over the season. Uh, I, I coached with uh, Coach Lewis over at Western, but when he was at Greenfield Central, he had a guy, a player by the name of Tate Hall, who is uh, a senior, a super senior on that Loyola Chicago team. Um, and, and has been up there now for a few years that transferred from University of Indianapolis. So uh, th- that is a, a program uh, to watch. Uh, I, I'm partial to Indiana State. Uh, my son was a manager there. Uh, not sure they're going to have a successful year. They changed coaches and, and had a lot of turnover. Uh, but they're, But what's fun about bracketology is you get to see all the schools and look at all the schools, and there are some schools that are going to pop this year that, that, um, that we will um, – follow and share uh with our our listeners so uh, at this point of every podcast we'll talk bubble talk uh, those teams that are just in the last uh eight to ten teams in the 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 four or eight teams that are out we just we just don't have a good feel on that right now we will probably next week talk a little bit more about teams that are just on that edge uh, but for your favorite teams the key to being on the right side of the bubble is win big games uh, and win big games on the road and neutral. I think Cade brought that up earlier and then try to avoid losses like Virginia did. And that's how you try. That's how you end up making the NCAA tournament from a nine seed uh, to 11 seed uh, if you do that. So we'll bring more um, bracket uh, bubble talk to you. And then we're going to uh, follow up uh, with um, our game winning segment, which is just our final statements uh, of each podcast. So uh, Luke, uh your game winner uh, on this first initial podcast of Bracket U. Um, obviously, I'm going to restate that go Purdue and go uh, <laughs> Milwaukee Panthers. Yep. Um, I think as a, as a Purdue fan, I think 
obviously I'm a little biased, but I think they'll they'll have a good good year this year with literally the entire team returning and some good freshmen coming. Um, so obviously go Boilers, and I'll be very interested to watch uh, how Gonzaga does because they're always so talented, and uh, Texas as well with their new coach and Marcus Carr transferred from Minnesota. I think they'll be interesting to watch. And also, I feel like UCLA might be ranked a little too high just because they had such a great run last year. I mean, that's, I know that's how it works every year, but um, just because they went on a good run and all of a sudden they're ranked second. Like sometimes I feel like that's a little bit, you could call it like over, over dramatic. Mm-hmm. Cade, your game winner on uh, podcast number one. Um, I think uh, it's important to watch a conference like the Big 12 with the four te- the four bigger teams being Kansas, Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma might not be as big, but still they're a team that they've been in the um, they've been in the tournament before, and especially a team like Kansas that's ranked so high already. Just watching them and how they progress throughout the season and watching them rack up wins will be fun. So. And my game winner is I think the Big Ten's the best conference, and we're all biased about the Big Ten because we're here in Big Ten territory and just 20 minutes away from Purdue. Uh, and, boy, the ACC needs to get going because they had three teams get beat by uh, lesser programs, and that just hurts the conference overall because as that net gets calculated, if you're, you know your bottom half of your conference isn't as strong, I think that's what makes the, the Big Ten um, so um, – so strong is that the, the bottom teams uh, rate out uh, very, very well. And so the ACC is not off uh, to the greatest start with the with three tough losses. So, uh, Luke and, and Cade, thanks for uh, uh, joining us tonight. Uh, we will have a lot more information as the season goes on, as the games are played, and we have a lot more wins and losses to talk to. Uh, but that's going to do it for our first episode of Bracket U for the 2021-22 season. Check out our website. It is DelphiBracketology.com. Uh, we have a lot of information being put out on, on a regular basis. Seed list and brackets will be updated uh, starting next week uh, on, on Fridays. Uh, and um, follow us on Twitter at Delphi Brackets and on Instagram at Delphi Bracketology for all, all information coming out of our club. Also, we urge you to check out our donation page where you can help us with any costs associated uh, with our club, and we appreciate any thoughts uh, of, those nation, uh, of those kind. So may your team always win the big games. May they win the big road, uh, big road wins, and uh, uh, brackets will be here before you know it. <laughs> <laughs>